Welcome to Impact, a podcast ministry of St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin. Impact features interviews with gifted Bible teachers who will help you gain a greater understanding of Scripture so that it has a greater impact on your life. The host of Impact is Mark Jenstead, the Staff Minister for Nurture at St. Andrew. Grace, mercy, and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. It's time to grow in grace and knowledge, and we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. Today, we'll be in the back of the book, Revelation. Today's guest is Pastor Eric Shazer from Fox Valley Lutheran High School in Appleton. He's here. We'll talk to Pastor Shazer in just a moment. Let's begin with a prayer. Dear Father, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light on our path. Thank you for preserving it and for leading us to it. Send the Holy Spirit into our hearts today that we may come to a greater understanding of your word and have a greater love of your word, and that it may increase our faith in your promises. Amen. Folks, Impact is two years in now, two years plus, and it's seeing some growth. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy what you hear today, and thank you to those who have had a role in this ministry by praying for it and telling others about it. If you would all be so kind as to continue to do those two things, I'm certain that God will bless this ministry and use it to build his kingdom. So, Revelation today with Pastor Eric Shazer. Pastor Shazer, welcome back to Impact. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and to talk through, uh, obviously, we've talked about Revelation a number of times, so I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Chapter 5 today. Pastor, I have to say that there was a time when I was intimidated by Revelation and uh, confused by Revelation, but I've grown in my confidence to go through it and grown in my understanding, and you had you had a hand in that, so thank you. Uh, Mark, you're welcome, but I think it's one of those things, I don't know if uh, confidence is ever something as you go through uh, an apocalyptic book like this and you deal with all this imagery and all this picture language talking about the future. There's so much there that it's just a constant. Every time you look at a different section, there's always a little bit more that you can glean from it or understand better and things like that. How long have you taught it? 23 years, 24 years. have to ask my wife. She's got the exact uh, number. Yeah, I think it's 24 years. All right, very good. We'll get into chapter five today. First, I want to ask you about your new house, because the last time you were on Impact, you were in the process of moving into a new house. We actually sold our house this past summer. Yep. We're uh, waiting for the market to cool down a little bit, so we're still living in a rental. All right. So we live across from uh, a restaurant, which is really nice, so we just can walk over there. Uh, We've got a minor league baseball stadium across the street and some walking paths, so right now it's good. I don't know if my wife and my daughter would say it's good, but uh, yeah, the Lord is providing for us. Yeah, we haven't found anything yet. All right, and you have a daughter. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you have a daughter here uh, that's a freshman at FEL, is that right? No, my daughter Mia is a senior. Oh, she's a senior. Yeah, I have a son, Ezra, who's in eighth grade, so he'll be a freshman next year. That's the one I was talking about. Ezra, he'll be here next year. Yep. 
And he's the last one? He's the last one of our five, yeah. Now he's going to be in high school, and uh, he gets to come to school with Dad every day. All right, very good. I bet you're looking forward to that. I am. Are you going to coach him in soccer? Uh, Yeah. Yep, I'll have the chance. to. uh, I stepped down as head varsity boys coach uh, just after this season so that I could help at whatever level he's playing at so I get a chance to see him play and and help coach a little bit. So there will be a new coach on the sideline for the Foxes, boys soccer for the first time in over two decades, right? Yeah, 23 years. Yeah. And who's taken over? Uh, Ryan Lemke. He's one of our science teachers here. He's been our uh, JV coach for a number of years, and then he's been my assistant for the last couple years. And And he's ready. He's ready. Uh, He's coached varsity before in Michigan, and uh, he's ready, and he's got energy and knowledge and all those great things. So it was a perfect time for me to just take a step back because I knew it would be in good hands with Ryan taking over. Very good. Uh, Did you, by the way, did you uh, enjoy the World Cup this past summer? I did. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Just sitting down and watching soccer, it's one of my favorite pastimes. So I remember uh, when the uh, World Cup was in, uh, I think it was Japan and uh, South Korea, they sort of hosted it, co-hosted it, and those games were on at two in the morning and all that stuff. I remember for Father's Day, uh, my lovely wife got, uh, she paid for three months of cable so I could watch soccer, and I'd get up at, you know, whatever hour of the night, and I'd have to eat just so I could stay awake <laughs> watching right. all these games on TV. So I had my fair share of ramen noodles and all that at 2 a.m., so not good for my health, but uh, watching soccer is always very enjoyable, yeah. Yeah, my go-to snack in that circumstance, when, I, when I'm when i watching a movie or a ball game and I, I know my eyes are getting heavy, I go to popcorn. Okay. <laughs> Try <Yep>. that. <laughs> popcorn is good. All right, we should probably get on to Revelation. Sure. Chapter 5. What a fantastic chapter this is, folks. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're able to, today as we go through this, have your Bibles open to Revelation chapter 5. Otherwise, please take the time to read through this chapter, either now or after you uh, hear Pastor Shazer share some thoughts on this chapter. Revelation 5 begins this way. Then I saw, that's John, then I saw in the right hand, of him who sat on the throne, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. So Pastor God is on the throne. He holds the scroll in his right hand. What is written on the scroll? Uh, The scroll, and it's interesting that it's usually a scroll just had writing on one side, but this scroll is writing on both sides. And this is really the book of history. The Lord on these scrolls is going to... Let us know, here's what is going to happen. And that's the significance of the seven seals. Seven is uh, one of these numbers of revelation that occurs. Revelation is basically set up in sevens. There's seven visions, and each vision starts with Jesus and goes to Judgment Day using picture language. And then goes back to Jesus and to Judgment Day, again, using different pictures. And the Lord is really... Uh, trying to get us to appreciate, using different images, what is going to come. Maybe appreciate's not the right word, since Revelation, the Lord is really getting us prepared for the difficulty that is life. That's why Revelation calls you know life in this world the Great Tribulation, um, refers to it as uh, the desert, and that's what the Lord is really getting us prepared for. And so the seven seals is one of these examples where the Lord is revealing to us 
his plan for the world, his plan for the earth. Here's what's going to happen. And the scroll is in his right hand. I think of Jesus at the right hand of God. It's always the right hand. Yeah, that's one of those things, uh, Mark, and uh, there are people smarter than I that can probably answer this for you. There's probably, there is significance in that, you know, that hand of power and authority, just like that position of power and authority sitting at the right hand of someone. So I'm sure that's that's probably what it's it's referring and why it mentions which hand he has it in. Um, but that's always one of those things. You have to be careful. It's like Jesus' parables. You have to be a little careful to read too much into some of the details. But that certainly is, is probably why it references the right hand. More importantly, no one is worthy to open the scroll, as John tells us in the next uh, verses. Why is, why is no one worthy to open it? Sinful people. No one is worthy. We have God's perfect, perfect plan for the world. And no one is able to know the future, because that's what's on this scroll, is the future. And no one knows it, so no one is able to open it. And I'm, I'm reading here verse 3, but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. And then John tells us that because of that, he begins to weep. John sees no one is worthy to open the scroll, so he begins to weep. Pastor, is that what God's law does? It, it leaves us in despair as we look ahead to the future? I don't know if that's quite it. I think that plays a role. You know, the, the whole point is it's not able to be opened. We can't see the future. The future is a closed book to human beings, and even the angels don't know. You know, sometimes we give them powers that they don't have. They are not omniscient. They don't know everything. Sometimes we even give that power to the devil. We think, well, the devil knows all my thoughts. No, the devil is a fallen angel. He has some power, but he is not all-knowing either. Um, As far as uh, why John weeps, I think it probably has uh, a lot to do with John is worried. He's worried about these churches are being persecuted. He's worried about their future the future of the people that he is, the Lord is having him send this message to, the future of the Christian church. It's in its infancy. Here we are 60 years, 60-some years after Jesus. And I think there's some legitimate concern as he has seen how the world is, you know, opposing Christianity, and, and there's some concern there. I, life makes us weep. And the cons- like you said, the consequences of sin, the law, and how when we go against God's will and guidance and direction for our life, how much, how much sorrow and pain uh, that brings into our lives. So I think it's a combination of all those, all those things. Yeah, and, and as I think this through a little bit, Pastor, of course, we have the gospel that follows up the law, but if it was just the law and we considered that in light of our future— uh, we would we would do more than weep, right? Uh, <laughs> there would but... be some serious anguish, yes, because there's a realization that we can't do it. And the and... gospel shines so much brighter in light of God's law, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Without uh, without the law, then there's no need for the gospel. So they are important components uh, in any 
any sermon, any devotion, any uh, any sharing sharing God and sharing Jesus with people, Jesus doesn't mean anything unless you understand and appreciate uh, our our sinful condition and the the destruction that we deserve. Yeah, and back to Revelation, I, I kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but we'll get back here to Revelation five. So John's weeping, and an elder said to John, "Weep no more." We first meet these elders in chapter 4. Pastor, what can you tell us about these elders? This is another one of those numbers of Revelation that talks about the 24 elders around the throne. Uh, 12 is uh, the number of believers. So, you know, 12, the Old Testament tribes of Israel, uh, the 12 disciples. And so that's probably who it's referring to is, is you know, those two entities and just believers in general, uh, those who are with the Lord in heaven, reigning with him. And they tell, they tell John uh, not to weep. You know, they're, I think for John, too, that worry about the church and wondering, has God left us? Is God with us? You know, some of those thoughts. And those are thoughts you and I have as, as God's people when things don't go according to plan. Uh, the great plan we always have set up for our lives, and then things veer off in a different direction for whatever reason, sometimes our own fault, sometimes not, because it's God's plan. Uh, we, those questions arise in our heads, and we wonder, God, where are you? Do you love us? Yeah, are you going to see us through, uh, through this? Even though he's made all his promises, sometimes we struggle with that, and I think that's part of John's, John's weeping, too, and that's why the elder comes over, who has seen the fruition of God's plan as he celebrates his life in heaven, and he says, don't weep. And chapter 5 really is sort of like a movie preview, setting us up for God revealing his plan and the great news we get from, it's almost a spoiler, the great news we get from chapter 5 is that Jesus wins. So we know how it's all going to end. Despite the bumpy road that is ahead, we know how it all plays out. And that removes all despair. Exactly. From our hearts. So this, this chapter portrays Jesus as a lamb on the heavenly throne. But first, he's referred to as a lion when the elder first speaks to John, do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. Can you comment on the contrast between Jesus being compared to or called a lamb and also called a lion? It's interesting. We have all these Old Testament references here in chapter 5, which uh, the Jewish Christians would certainly recognize and then referring to uh, Jesus as the Lion of Judah, uh, the Lion, you know, a symbol of strength and, and power and authority. And then all of a sudden he looks again and the Lion's gone, but it's a lamb. And that, that innocence and obviously the big image, uh, and that's why uh, this lamb is used throughout Revelation uh, that that image of of the sacrifice that would have been what popped into their heads the the substitute the Passover lamb, you know, sacrificed for their uh, for their salvation. And then the next phrase is the root of David. He's also called a branch in Jeremiah. So I, I see this the same type of contrast. Jesus is the root underneath, and he's also the branch. Like he's the 
the lamb and the lion, that, that great revelation imagery. Anything on that? I think uh, going back, I was just thinking about the lion and the lamb again, going back to, you know, the scepter will not leave Judah in um, Genesis 49, uh, messianic prophecy, it won't pass from Judah, and that lion being a king, a ruler, and so the scepter reference, and then uh, the uh, root of Jesse, there's another messianic prophecy that he will come from the line of David. So this is a direct reference to that, that prophecy. Uh, so all these connections, again, connecting them to the Old Testament, the promises of the Messiah, and now here's Jesus, and he has fulfilled them all. And the elder says that he, the lion, is able to open the scroll because he triumphed or he conquered. So Jesus, he looked defeated on that cross, but that is far from the truth. So John, weep no more is what the elder says. What about the change for John from despair to hope? Uh, Jesus is alive. And I can only imagine what it would have been like for those disciples at Jesus' crucifixion. You know, for John, as he's standing there with Mary to see to see Jesus on the cross. And you know how they all, once Jesus got arrested, uh, they all bailed on him. And even, uh, that's so amazing in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I know this is totally off track, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, where even as Jesus looks like he's at his weakest, the power he has where, you know, the soldiers and the mob, they fall to the ground. And Jesus said, you know, heals Malchus's ear. And then Jesus says, you will let these guys go. You know, you're not going to arrest my my disciples. You will let them go. And the Lord's still exhibiting his power. And so for John, as he sees this uh, in verse 6, Jesus is alive. The future is in, this is the Jesus wins part. Uh, The future is in his control. Jesus is alive and it's going to be okay. Here's a, here's a reference, I think, to the resurrection, Pastor, as I, as I think about this here for the first time. That's, that's, you know, God's word is living and active. Look at verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. Exactly. So, so a lamb that's been slain, but now it's standing. That, that's a picture of death to life, right? Exactly. That is a picture of that, that resurrection of Jesus, and with the, with the wound, you know, you can almost picture the, the spear wound in the side. Uh, there's all sorts of images, you know, people, artists have done just some amazing things with this imagery in Revelation, and that's a really uh, neat one, is the, uh, the lamb with the pierced side and yet standing and alive, eyes wide open. Uh, again, Jesus wins. The future's in his control, and it's going to be all right. And you referenced this earlier. One more comment from you about how this picture of, of Jesus as a lamb who was slain would especially connect with John. He had seen it. Like I said, he had seen it. He was at the cross. He witnessed it, and then he also witnessed the resurrected Jesus. Again, hard to comprehend. I think for you and I, as we look back and go, how awesome would that have been? Uh, not watching Jesus die part and not quite fully grasping what this was all accomplishing, but seeing Jesus alive. Uh, and John had witnessed it, and here he is seeing in picture language again as he's nearing the end of his life, being reminded of uh, those events from 60 years earlier. 
And how about John, as opposed to uh, you and I today and Christians today, John is a Jew. So John grew up at a time when lambs were sacrificed over and over and over again. What uh, that imagery, yeah, of the lamb. Again, I think uh, it means more, if you can understand this correctly, to someone who was familiar with Old Testament sacrifices. And that's why the imagery in the Bible, that's uh, why knowing your Old Testament is so important. Um, I know Pastor uh, Aaron Dolan here at FEL says that all the time as he teaches Old Testament, uh, why that's so important to know your Old Testament because it brings so much life and color to the New Testament. And, you know, it adds all those nuances. So all these mentions of the Lamb, which to you and I, I've, other than at a petting zoo, never really had any interaction with the lamb, but yet now that, now that I, you know, know the Old Testament and you see what it meant and God's purpose and having them do that, it makes it so much more vivid in the New Testament when it talks about these things. And by the way, folks, a future impact episode that's coming up in the next few weeks is on Exodus chapter 12, the Passover and then we'll really get into the, the lamb connection to Jesus. Exactly. Hi, everyone. I'm going to jump in here and cut this episode in half. We did get a little long-winded. Well, he didn't. I did. And rather than have this episode carry on into the 45-minute range, I will invite you back next week to listen to the rest. You probably know what I'm going to say next. Lots of good stuff still to come. Revelation 5 is a gospel-rich chapter to treasure. I just mentioned Exodus 12 and the Passover. That is with Pastor John Boggs from Luther Prep. That two-part episode is coming up before Easter. And then I'm very excited about our special Easter episode, which is also two parts. That'll be with Pastor Nate Wardell from Wisconsin Lutheran College. He will join me. We'll talk about Luke 24, where Jesus meets the disciples on the road to Emmaus. So as we look forward to celebrating our Savior's resurrection and the Weeks to come, I invite you to listen to our Easter episodes to learn more about its significance in your life. And still to come on Impact this spring, our episodes with Pastor Randy Hunter. We'll talk with Pastor Hunter about the true story of Daniel in the lion's den. Pastor Mike Novotny will be here. We'll talk about confessing sins to other Christians and confronting other Christians about their sin. And Pastor Kyle Bitter from Luther Prep will join me for a conversation about scripture that talks about what happens when we die, including questions about heaven. In the immediate future, I pray that you have a blessed Lenten season as you reflect on your status before the Lord, condemned because of your sin, but reconciled through the precious blood of Christ. Until next time, glory be to Jesus. Thank you for listening to Impact, a ministry of St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Middleton, Wisconsin. If you have a question or feedback to share, send an email to impact at saint-andrew-online.org. Please tell your friends and family about Impact and keep this ministry in your prayers. Impact is new every Monday and all past episodes are available. The greater you understand scripture, the greater impact it will have on your life.